0: If you want to know how to jumpstart, retrain, and maintain your metabolism so that you can eat the foods that you want without gaining weight, then this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show is for you.
1: Welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show, where each week you'll hear the real world experiences, life lessons, and guided principles that every highly driven man needs to master, their health productivity, and relationships by sharing conversations with the world's most successful people in fitness, nutrition, supplementation, and mindset. Meet your host, Benjamin Brown. He is a fitness and nutrition expert, consultant to Fortune 500 companies and World Championship sports teams, a husband and father of three, and has been helping men transform their physiques, optimize their energy, and own their fatherly mission since 2005. Thank you for joining us today. And without further ado, let's jump right in.
0: Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 67 of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. Today on the show, I have Dr. Emmett Blonick. Dr. Blonick is the founder of NextLevelhealth.com and Next Level Health News. He's a best-selling author, a TED Talk speaker, United Nations speaker an Olympic Games and multiple World Championship Games doctor, and he's also a 44-years-old Team USA athlete and triathlete and Ironman, and the list goes on and on and on. Dude knows his stuff, and he's running a very successful in-person and online practice for virtual coaching. So today on the show, we talk about how to jumpstart your metabolism, retrain and maintain your metabolism for weight loss. How to Feel Great and Balance Your Hormones by Eating Real Foods, by Simply Eating Real Foods. And that's the title of his upcoming book. More specifically, we talk about the things that are contributing excessively to the obesity epidemic in our society and how conventional medicine really isn't doing anything to improve, rather just masking the problem. So we talk about hormone disruptors. We talk about healthy fats and why they're crucial for a healthy metabolism. We talk about hydration and the various implications of getting and staying hydrated on digestive health and cellular health, and on and on and on, as well as micro and neurotoxins and how those can contribute to a suppressed uh, metabolism. As always, I know you guys are going to love this episode. Assuming you do, hey, do me a huge favor and, and head over and give me a five star review in iTunes. It is the best way that we can get this information out to more ears to to listen in on, and so. Thank you again, as always, for listening, and I will catch you guys inside the episode. Dr. Amit Blanek, welcome to the show. How you doing, buddy?
2: I'm doing great, man. Appreciate you having me on.
0: Absolutely. It's been a long time coming, but I'm excited that we are finally able to make it happen. So you were in Illinois, is that correct?
2: Yes, Rockford, Illinois, suburb of Chicago, not too far away.
0: And tell me a little bit about your business.
2: So I am a uh, doctor of chiropractic. That's, that was my formal degree as a doctorate and really got interested into the um, health and weight management side of things. So, you know, as a, somebody that works with the spine and nerve system, um, orthopedic type of stuff, we we would see just a number of people with these, you know, spinal conditions and knee conditions. Um, And I would work on them, but, you know, it was kind of one of those things like, I knew in the back of my mind, like telling my patients saying, hey, listen, if you could just drop that extra 10, 20, 30, 40 pounds, that's going to help me help you. You know, so we knew a lot of the things, maybe the weight wasn't causing the condition, Mm -hmm. but it was certainly accelerating or increasing the pain. So once I kind of knew, like, you know, I just kind of got sick of myself telling my patients, hey, uh, somehow you got to lose that extra 10, 15, 20 pounds. So I really started be, becoming a student of that side of things. I went on to get certifications as, a, as an obesity counselor. I really just had an no affinity for that stuff. So once we started seeing um, some of the changes with pe- people's like just not just their weight, their yeah. health management, um, it just started transforming the way I looked at people's health, not just from a spinal perspective because I, you know, that's one component um and then that really developed into seeing such incredible results um people started asking me to speak at various venues and events and seminars and organizations it launched a, an online platform nextlevelhealth.com and that's kind of led me to where i am today
0: and so is a lot of what you're doing with nextlevelhealth.com basically weight management coaching or nutrition coaching and what's that look like
2: yeah. It's actually, you can consider it a virtual health, um, yeah, virtual health experts. So we, we actually have a show. You can actually locate it on nextlevelhealth.com. Um, becoming really an authority and an influencer in all areas of natural health. That's that's really what we do. So everything from weight, weight management, nutrition, hormonal issues, um, you know, A to Z in terms of health. And what we do is we bring on experts similar to like you and yeah. I'm actually I'm giving you an invite too, to, to be <laughs> participating in that, but articles and rest, reci- yeah, articles and recipes and live shows in um, podcasts and just upcoming events, speaker events. So um, anything we can do to move the needle with with our culture today that is really in a crisis
0: mm-hmm. in terms
2: of their health habits um, and weight has one component to do with that.
0: Dude, that's awesome. It's so needed. And you know, the thing is, there's so many of us out there trying to make a difference. And there's so much information out there. There's so much conflicting information out there. What do you and I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here for a second. But what is it about next level health, the virtual coaching that you're doing that's really setting yourself apart from everyone else? What is the information that you're providing or the way that you're providing it that's resonating with your clientele?
2: Well, I don't, I don't. think it's necessarily anything that we are supersede anybody else at. Um, I, I, I kind of. I look at it like this. Um, we we keep things simple. Simple solutions. Mm-hmm. Simple solutions to complex conditions. And the reason that, like, that's kind of one of my um, my consonants there or um, affirmations is I got a simple brain, right. <laughs> bro. <laughs> like, and I, I'm I'm one of these guys. Hey, listen. If if I can get this stuff and and make it you know easy efficient practical for me you know cuz again i got the simple brain yeah. then i know anybody else can get it so we we really take some of these complex conditions or sciences and protocols and aspects to address health and we make it simple and practical for the everyday person um i don't know that there's anything that supersedes what other people do, are doing out there that's just my approach And um, we're really trying to help ordinary people like you and me become extraordinary.
0: That's great. I mean, obviously that resonates with me considering the name of the show is the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show. But I i firmly believe that that's the way that we have to represent this information there's nothing magical about it we don't need to use fancy words at the end of the day it's like meeting people where they are helping them make better decisions consistently and whatever way you do that then that's the right way for them and it doesn't really matter so um i respect the fact that you're doing that and that people are resonating with your message With that said, let's, you know, you're an expert in obesity, you're an expert in weight management. We talk a lot on this show about fat loss and weight loss and kind of fancy things, but let's take it back a notch and talk about obesity, talk about weight, what's going on in our society today that, you know, we need to be concerned about and how do we address it?
2: one of the things essentially is the fact that uh, you know upwards of 70 plus percent in i'm sure you know these are things that you've shared with your audience in the past 70 plus percent of our our society right now is excessively overweight and or obese i mean that is crazy now when i think of that word obesity i think some people kind of take it as almost like this it's an appearance issue yeah. And, and and you know I got family members. You got family members that have excessive weight or obesity. So when we address this, you and I or or you know the listeners, you know don't think of this as this is not an appearance conversation. It is a health crisis situation. Um, cancer risks go up. Um, arthritic conditions, digestive disorders, hormone imbalances, um, cardiovascular disease neurological illnesses, all of these things escalate dramatically because of that concept. And, they, and the way that we're approaching it today, or, or maybe not today, I think we're kind of pioneering a new forefront in this, but perhaps in the past, the way we've addressed it, I think has been completely um, maybe myth, not misled, misguided, misinformation.
0: Mm-hmm. We're,
2: doing it, we're doing it wrong.
0: So how have we been doing it in the past um, that has I mean, obviously it's not serving our population because we continue to gain weight and get sicker with. So obviously, modern day healthcare, if that's what you're referring to, is not treating um, is not providing a preventative solution. It's it's just merely potentially band-aiding the problem or helping people live longer with the same conditions. Uh, so, so what are the steps? How, how do we reframe that, that paradigm?
2: I think we need to reframe um, the conversation from, let's say, weight loss and weight management. I, what I want to have a discussion with you about is metabolism. So, so okay. that's, that's what I want to talk to my patients about. So if we kind of think of you know just all the, all the diet books, all the DVDs, uh, all the gym memberships, there's common things that we have discussions with clients in, and I'm, I've been part of that, just so you know. So what I'm trying to do is essentially course correct. So I'll, I will say this first. So out of all those books, DVDs, um, the gurus that have been out there helping us along the way, the knowledge is moving forward. How are we doing with weight weight management and weight loss? Is it getting better or worse?
0: Well, it's getting worse. I mean...
2: It's getting worse. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so this is where, okay, well, how do we change the conversation? Um, I will say this we're gonna, we're the focus of our conversation. What I would want to point it to today is about metabolism, okay? And to start that, what I'm going to say is this all the diet books, the discussions you have, even I have, so I don't want anybody to feel insulted. I'm going to start by saying, and I may be the first person and maybe not, that I do not believe that food makes you fat,
0: okay? So Let's talk metabolism, let's talk food, let's talk the relationship between food and metabolism and how metabolism contributes to the obesity epidemic.
2: Okay, so I'm going to restate it for the listeners, and then we're going to bring it into metabolism, okay? You've been told, and I've been told, that food makes us fat, that we're eating too many calories or the wrong type of, you know, foods, okay? So it's, it's all focused about the foods, right? Right. So if food, so we're going to bring this into the word metabolism. So if food makes you fat, what I want you to do, Ben, is I want you to think of that person. Um, it's the, it's probably the person that we don't like because let's say that they're, um, they're older than we are. We're going to say they're in their fifties or sixties. They're tight in tone, but they're kind of more of just that naturally thin type of person. So what I mean by that is you and I go out to dinner with them. They can eat the whole pizza not a slice of pizza. They can eat, uh, you know what I'm saying? They can eat
0: This is my my wife.
2: (laughs) Okay. So let's, what's your wife's name? Christina. So let's talk Christina. So Christina can drink a two liter of Coca-Cola, not just a, you know, some diet sodas. And so she's, she can eat all of those calories. So calories, portion sizes out of control, all the carbs, all the sweets, all the treats, all the junk foods, Anything that you think would make you fat or that person listening, whatever that is, if it's the chips, you think that's the thing that makes you fat or the Twinkies or the ice cream. Sure. Okay. So this person, Christina, can do it, right? And she doesn't gain a pound. So my question is, is the food making her thin? No. Okay. So why would we think that the food is making us fat?
0: Yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but what you're so so underlying that is metabolism and what yes, metabolism so, is doing with the foods that we're eating.
2: Right, exactly, and that's really where I want you and, and the experts and the gurus really to start driving the conversation is how do we help somebody with their metabolism? And so you know the food that that person's eating. Now you know you got the opposite side person that you know maybe they're doing fairly well with their eating habits. They're eating. You know, their meats, their proteins, their veggies, their fruit, and then miscellaneous. And what I found, then, is the majority of people struggling with weight where it, the point where they're buying a book or they make a clinical consultation, they're actually doing fairly good food choices, but they sure. still struggle, right? So all of those foods or whatever it is, it's not the food that makes us fat. It's what our body's doing with that food. And that word that we use to describe that is metabolism. So let me ask you. How do we fix somebody's metabolism? How do we help them with their metabolism? What do we have to focus on? And that should be our discussion. That, sure. should, be, that should be what we're trying to explore and help her, the person the most with. So I'll, I'll talk to people in a clinical setting, and I'll be so, well, Well, which, which organ's the metabolism organ? Everybody, you know, so we have anatomy charts with pictures of organs and things like that. And everybody says, well, it's the thyroid. I'm like, well, I don't know in any medical dictionary, and I've taken gross anatomy, cadaver labs. I don't know one organ that's ever been defined as the metabolism organ. Sure. The adrenals, the pancreas, the thyroid gland, they all contributed to this magical word called metabolism. But there's not, one, there's not an organ called that. There's not a hormone. But again, we kind of think of, okay, well, what about the thyroid hormone? I got a slow thyroid hormone, um, or low, you know, T or something like that. So I don't know a hormone that's called the metabolism hormone. Lots of them contribute. Let's talk about how often do you hear about B12 injections or vitamin B12 or some other fancy B or, um, fancy vitamin. There's not one vitamin known to man called the metabolism vitamin, um, which mineral you know we can just continue to go down the list and that's what ends up happening is people myopically focus Mm -hmm. on that fad word and then they start chasing that but really it's a symbiotic um, dance within our body taking those foods allowing the organs the hormones the vitamins minerals nutrients toxins that are targeting your receptor sites hormone disruptors something referred to as obesogens those, those microtoxins disrupting your metabolism. And what we really have to do if we're going to do it intelligently and maturely is identify all of those factors, which is the one that is screwing up your metabolism.
0: Yeah. So there's a, a myriad of factors that come to play when we talk about utilizing the calories that we're taking in, whether they're quote unquote, good calories or bad calories, and obviously how they contribute to weight gain or weight loss. Right. And this is something that I've actually referred to on the show as and interviewed people about in terms of saying, well, this is kind of like your metabolic flexibility or metabolic efficiency, if you will, is how hot or cold are we burning and uh, basically utilizing those calories? Because to a degree is we, we want to have almost like a metabolic inefficiency. We wanna be burning hot, like burning through that gasoline, like a a race car as opposed to like a Prius, right? Where we're just kind of, um, you know, savoring every little bit of of calorie and not letting go of any of that, uh, if if that makes sense. So talk to us about the factors that you're addressing in your practice that, and and how you address those that contribute to this metabolic uh, output.
2: Well I like what you're saying about the the metabolic efficiency and, and you know so I can resonate with that because if you, like I, I like to think of like metabolism kind of like that old school wood furnace stove yes. my my wife's um, parents actually have one of those and so think about like you know it being on high medium or low so if, if you if your furnace the old school wood burning furnace is on high when you throw a bunch of logs in there a cake a, a bunch of calories. When you throw, you know, as many logs in there as you can, what it does is it just burns more energy. It creates more heat, right? Right. But if that furnace is on low and you put those same amount of logs in there, what it's going to do is it's going to kind of smother the flame. Mm-hmm. So that's when you're really packing on. That's when you're storing the fat, despite maybe how good you're doing with your food choices. Right. So a couple of factors. Number one is this: we need to get people to help um, clean up. Let's just say for lack of a better word, their receptor sites for hormone production. Um, we want to eliminate something referred to as obesogens or hormone disruptors. So we what we do is we get them on a on a, a plan that would be very simple and easy to kind of make sure they don't screw up what we're trying to do to clean up their hormone balance, their organ functions and support that. So number one is this. What you can do, or anybody can do, and it's stuff that you teach, and, and that uh, I'm just going to echo is our our version is simply eat real foods, and we, we define what real food is. So real food to me, um, if you think about your meats, your veggies, fruits, nuts, beans, and seeds, did it uh, you know fly in the air, walk in the woods, you know, the, so your meats, you know, the stuff that God put on, on this earth for our bodies to thrive and live building blocks, to cellular health, and that's what we're getting to is the cellular health. You know, your, your veggies, fruits, nuts, beans, and seeds, so that, you know, what real foods are. That's, that's yep. what real foods, and if we can just get people to focus on that, so what that means for a temporary period of time, initially to jumpstart their metabolism at least, and then we get to focus on retraining and maintaining it, but to jumpstart it is cut out the process stuff the refined foods, the refined sugars, the commercialized products, because those things are laden with chemicals that are essentially screwing up your metabolism, screw, right. screw, screwing up your hormone efficiencies, and it is uh, getting you addicted you know, in, in, in the opposite direction. So the commercialized stuff, we have to eliminate the fake foods, the imposter foods.
0: Yep. That, that makes so, a lot of sense. And so what you're, essentially what you're saying is by cleaning up some of the more processed foods, we're essentially helping our metabolism uh, run more efficiently, uh, if you will, uh, because it's removing those potential hormone disruptors. Is that correct?
2: Exactly. Yeah. If we can just get to the, the the nature of real foods, and the further anything gets away from its normal natural state, again, aka, you know, kind of the way God created it, for me, my philosophy is the more potentially harmful and dangerous it's going to be for your metabolism and your health
0: yeah yeah that, that makes a lot of sense. So what else do you focus on in addition to the hormone disruptors
2: no, number two is we have to uh, we, we have to rediscuss and, and kind of myth bust the the concept that uh, fats are bad for you or Mm -hmm. fats will make you fat. And I know you've probably discussed this numerous times, but you know, one of the other number one things we do, uh, well, I'll just say number two here for right now is um, we we have to be generous, exceptionally generous with healthy, good fats. So you're, you know, you can go down the list from um, coconut oil to olive oil, to avocado oil, to SCT oil, to, ghee, tallow, uh, raw butter, you know, we're in butric acid back. So right. butter, you know, is better for your brain. So what many people don't realize is that when they're reducing fats in their body, cholesterol and fat is a precursor for hormone production. It's the lubricant for our joints, our brains made of, you know, 70 plus per- percent fat, some estimates, you know, give or take some. Uh, that's why we're called fat heads. You know, so our, <laughs> our, our yeah, that's, it. that's actually where that, that, uh, that kind of slogan or um, term came from is because we're, we have fat in our brains. And when we start to reduce the healthy, good fats in our body, you start to rob every organ, tissue, and system that's needed for a healthy metabolism, particularly hormone production. And if you want to have a healthy metabolism, you know what you need to have then. Healthy hormones, and you know what you need to have as the fuel for that. Then fats. We we have to have the fats, you know. Yep. And, and you you can get that, you know, as as you were asking me earlier. Um, get get a list of what all of those good fats are, because I get asked every day, "Well, should I get MCT oil?" Yes, you should get MCT oil. Well, should I get um, olive oil? Yes, you should get olive oil. Should I use this? And they get confused, and I'm, what I'm saying is, you should have every single one of them. And they should be in your house, the good ones, the good fats, and and you should use them accordingly. So like if I'm cooking something, I want something more stable under heat so it doesn't go rancid. And there we are, you know, creating inflammation. So I'll I'll use either like SCT or coconut oil, cold pressed, you know. But if I'm putting something on maybe a salad, I might be using the olive oil. Um, something fractionated like MCT. If I'm throwing something in my coffee, anything from the raw butter to, I love ghee, um, ghee, SCT, um, MCT, but you know, don't, don't focus on one. Tr- try to be generous and, and use them as plentiful as you can. The fear is that you know, it's either gonna make you fat or it's gonna cause uh, cardiovascular disease. It actually has the direct opposite effect. And that's what we know in the studies today.
0: So I I have to pry on that a little bit as far as saying, you're not saying have someone that you're giving someone permission to just go out and start consuming massive amounts of, um, of these quote healthy fats, you know, whereas they previously may not have. Is that correct? I mean, is there a limit that you're saying, you know, obviously you want to use them within reason, or are you saying just go to town, eat as much as you want?
2: Um, yeah, so I, I don't know how to say it maybe the most appropriate way. But what I would say is where most people are trying to avoid it, you have to start trying to include it and stop having such a massive fear. Where the fear should come in, so when somebody's thinking of like meats, like red meats um, yeah. or even eggs. So it's the difference between the good and the bad. So in let's just say a steak, the, there's nothing – there, there's actually so many beneficial things to the fats in like a good grass-fed, free-range type of steak, okay? Um, the CLA, a number of the omega fats, but at the end of the day, if it's, if it's let's say let's organic, no antibiotics, no growth hormones, none of the, the, the pesticides or herbicides that that cow or steak would eat, so you are what you eat what it eats or it's getting injected with, um, whether it's the, whether it's the antibiotics, the growth hormones, the, whatever it may be. So those things do not escape when it's on your plate. So the difference between the good and the bad is the commercialized, the ones that are industrialized fed, the, the grains that have pesticides and herbicides and, um, antifungals on there. There's a difference between those commercialized versions, the industrial versions of that steak and then the one that's actually beneficial. And in the body, biochemically, uh, hormonally, you can see a direct effect. So kind of bringing that back around to don't fear it. And if you're avoiding it, start to include it. Um, And in terms of the way we – like I'm in my 40s mid forties now. Gosh, I can't believe that. Somebody <laughs> I'm not, somebody's, I'm not somebody's far behind, man. So somebody told me I'm middle aged. I'm like, well, what does that mean? I'm I'm only gonna live to 80? Or, you know, right. 80, I'm like, no, I'm going for 120 here. So anyway, um b- back to the fats is I got you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you know what I've observed is that when you're eating enough fats Um, you actually are more satiated, more consistently throughout the day. And so by virtue of that, even though you may be eating more relative to what you were previously, you're eating less of other foods. And so it kind of naturally takes care of itself. But I kind of had to kind of rib you there a little bit in terms of of adding more fats because those are the things that people want to know. And I think that's really relevant is – Um, there's, There's an exchange here. Hey, brother, are you struggling to find the energy to function at your best as a businessman, father and husband? I want you to know you're not alone. And sadly, the conventional wisdom these days around healthy eating and exercise that has saturated the mainstream is flat out wrong. If you want to find the solution to optimizing your energy and body composition without restrictive dieting, soul-crushing workouts, or adding more to your already stressful and overflowing schedule so that you can finally function like the man you know you can be, then we need to chat. Are you ready to move from exhausted to energized by working smarter, not harder? Go ahead and schedule your free strategy call at www com forward slash level up i'm looking forward to our conversation and enjoy the rest of the show so okay cool so healthy fats definitely what uh what else can we do
2: yeah i think you know kind of looking at that from a satiation standpoint so an, an approach that you can take is you know everybody knows that omega-3s you know your fish oil um those types of capsules those you know you can start off let's say um most people are recommended like thousand. I would I would recommend two thousand to four thousand milligrams per day. So you know, jumpstart in the morning yeah. with at least you know twelve hundred to two thousand. So two capsules. That's all it is. You know, they come in a thousand milligram capsules today. So two thousand in the morning. Um, you know, and then you know, get maybe some some fats, uh, MCT or butter or something right away in the morning. So what happens is it jumpstarts. It has a thermogenic effect your body's going to now tap into the fat for fuel. So that's where, again, we're now not going to be hungry. So then you can start opening up the windows between eating and what you're eating. But again, you you essentially don't feel hungry when you have those good fats, but we can move beyond fats. I know that can get a little boring.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. I'm with you fats earlier on in the day. Absolutely. It's great neurotransmitter brain, cognitive function effects as well. Um, So I'm behind you. And so, yeah, beyond fats though, when we're talking about, Overweight, obesity, metabolism, and the things that we do. We talked about um, cleaning up the receptor sites, removing the hormone disruptors, all the processed foods. We talked about adding in more healthy fats. What else can we can we discuss?
2: Yeah, you know this is one that you know we have to talk about, but it's it's said so often, but it it, it you know it doesn't get enough gravity. You know if your if your body really is you know what some estimates between 70 to 80 90 percent water depending upon you know who's looking at the study um 90 h2o let me ask you if if you were going to go buy christina your wife um a gold bracelet i don't know if she wants a gold bracelet but if you were to go and want to buy her a ring or a bracelet or a necklace that's gold or a diamond right would you want a real gold or would you want fake gold? Would she want a real diamond or a cubic zirconian?
0: Would she know the difference? No, of course <laughs> I'm going to want the real thing, of course.
2: Yeah. And she, on the surface, and I think that was the point is on the surface, she may not be able to see the difference, but there's right. a value, right? And so the right. value of having H2O, there's a huge value to cellular health. So your cells need about 70% H2O. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think of the cells that make up your heart and your liver and your eyeball cells or you know pick any type of cells i want you to think of those cells like a big fat juicy grape with all of its nutrients it's well hydrated it's plump and juicy right so that's cellular health so we have the fats on the outside of that that Mm -hmm. cell and now we have that hydration the h2o the real gold not the fake stuff on the inside and now we can have actually healthy communication from cell to cell and cell to organ and cell to brain. So if you're lacking though that H2O, that some of that hydration, um, you've you've now created some imposter drinks, maybe your milk or your Coca-Cola, your Starbucks. And that's what we've seen. That's what's happened over our generation is we're trading liquid H2O for these other things that taste good to us. And what it's doing is now making a cellular dehydrated. So what I want you to envision now is taking that fat, juicy, plum grape, and now you subtract 40% of its H2O. What, what does that grape look like now?
0: That's shriveled up, man. That thing's turning into a raisin.
2: And, and there we have now, we have congestion and inflammation on a cellular level. So cellular dehydration leads to cellular inflammation. So anytime your listeners or you go to the doctor or you hear somebody use the word itis like i got a tendonitis or a pancreatitis or a colitis the word itis medically just means inflammatory or inflamed and cellular inflammation is going to wreak more havoc on your health more aches and pains you're going to be struggling you'll have brain fog and a lot of it can just come down to something as simple as h2o so as you know keep pounding water
0: yeah Well, again, I I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm glad you brought it up, though, because this is the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show. And I do tend to talk about more, uh, sometimes more esoteric things or more fancier things in the industry that we do, um, hacks, if you will. But coming back to this foundational level stuff is imperative. And I was just speaking with a client the other day, and we were talking about digestion and, and really the fact that, you know, 75% of the U.S. population suffers from some sort of of digestive disease, right? Um, And I believe that a significant portion of this could be uh, remedied by improving people's hydration, right? Because we know that right we have to have enough fluid in our body for the pancreas to create enough bile right so that it can dump bile so that we can actually emulsify the healthy fats that we're eating so that we can produce enough healthy stomach acid to break down the grass-fed proteins that we're eating and and uh, utilize those nutrients and so and and the fact that a significant portion of the u.s population is chronically dehydrated that's directly correlated with the amount of digestive issues that are present. So I, I can't help but think that, like you said, just doing more high quality H two O could really uh, go a long, long way for people. I'm glad you brought that up, man.
2: Yeah, and I, you know, I, I like getting um, really science oriented as well. And what I found though is, particularly you know, in the health field, because I, I'll talk to a lot of doctors, is I I began to see that what, what was happening in the in the conversations and the dialogue is that doctors began trying to impress doctors. Like I, you know, I know this a little bit more than you. And what it did is I saw that kind of like have a negative impact on what the what the everyday person was taking in. So but going back to this, I mean, because you nailed it and I'm I'm trying to connect the dots, is we're getting all of these pieces of the puzzle. So what did we start out with that the fact that the crisis today, you know, 70 plus percent excessively overweight and obese. And what did you just say? 70 plus percent of people have some form of a digestive disease, right? And and what else did we talk about? Like 70 percent of people, um, whether they know it or not, they are cellular dehydrated. It all works together. So part of that digestive disorder, I believe, is also this seven and here's the here's what i know as is the studies is this 70 plus percent of people out there are enzyme deficient yeah they're they're not getting those digestive enzymes necessary to break down the foods for you to be able to assimilate again we're back to creating inflammation leaky gut we're you know so just now we can start focusing on maybe supplements. So one thing you can do, unless you're eating a nutrient-dense, real food type of diet, the things you teach, um, we're not going to, and usually it has to be raw too. So most people aren't eating 90% raw foods. We're going to be lacking those essential digestive enzymes. So you do, in fact, the majority of us should, if we're not getting those digestive enzymes in our raw food, supplement some digestive enzymes. You can get them pennies on the dollar, and it'll help some of those digestive conditions that people are suffering with today. Probiotics, same thing. So anybody that's really looking to jumpstart, retrain, and maintain their metabolism, it begins with food, but you can use some supplements to help with that. Uh, Digestive enzymes, probiotics. Um, We're we're talking about like omegas, omega fats, uh, ECGC, epigalactic catechin. There's a number of uh, B complex vitamins I would highly encourage because B vitamins, you know, they're also coenzyme. What they do is they help facilitate, and and let's just say for lack of a better word, speed things up. You know, and if you're trying to speed up your metabolism, you have to have that foundational supplementation for you um, to be ready for it. And what I've found is in the era that we're in today that the stress of our times, the velocity of our days, people are so overwhelmingly stressed um, that we're, we're burning out our B vitamins more significantly than ever before in history. Mm-hmm. And so many of us are um, vitamin deficient and insufficient.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the uh, enzyme point is huge, digestive enzymes are my favorite supplement um, to start clients with because we all need digestive support, whether we're drinking enough water or not, whether we're eating the healthiest food or not, right? You can't replicate the fact that just just the sheer quality of our food is not what it used to be. And we're just not getting the enzymes or the nutrition that we used to get. And so we we have to be super proactive about that. And that means sometimes supplementation and digestive enzymes are a great one. Dr. Blahnik, man, what else? Is there anything else that you want to touch on before we wrap things up?
2: Yeah, you got to be cautious of, of, obviously, some of this stuff that we're talking about is avoiding some of the things that are wreaking havoc. And, and those are microtoxins, um, you know, neurotoxins, a number of things. So be mindful of where toxins are coming from. And they're probably coming from sources that people don't even realize in general. And so just be mindful, uh, you know, there's ways to test for microtoxins. And until, you know, you start to eliminate maybe specifically things like heavy metals that have an affinity for the endocrine system or the gland system. So your thyroid gland, endocrine glands, uh, adrenal glands, um, ovaries. It has an affinity for the neurological system, your brain and and nerve system. So these things, if you're really trying to help long-term your, not just your metabolism, but your overall organ health and hormone health. You have to start looking more specifically at various types of toxins. There's ways you can test. There's ways you can target it and eliminate it. So sometimes doing, you know, um, a cleanse or some type of facilitated detoxification system. I think that's beneficial. It may um, it may not be so fun to go through in the initial, but long term, it's gonna it's gonna um, it's going to get the distance for people with their health, not just their metabolism, their weight, weight loss, but their overall health. And well, let also- me ask,
0: because you, you brought up the the toxin standpoint and, and things that we may not realize, but so that there's a better understanding of what people could be looking for on the lookout for, what are like the two or three or four most common things that you're consistently seeing within your practice that are presented as, uh, quote unquote toxins or microtoxins that you're seeing
2: heavy metals for sure
0: okay and you, you
2: know so so heavy metals in number one places things like um, mercury um, uh, aluminum lead arsenic these things are very high so we we do lab tests and you can you know i'm sure you know sources that can do that too there's ways you can do a heavy metal toxicity test and what it does is it tells you hey these, this is what's in my system, the extent of it, how big, how much, and then you can do simple, again, simple solutions to complex conditions. But where we get things like mercury are from, like if you got silver fillings, you more than likely have a heavy metal toxicity issue. Or um, if you have, um, you take uh, prescription medications, many of them are laden with lead and aluminum you know, many of the um, immunizations and vaccines, this is not a debate about vaccines, but just knowing what's in a vaccine in particular is important to know, because anytime you inject that into you, you may be injecting things like formaldehyde and aluminum. So being cautious and aware of that. And then so like, you know, I think of it like this, hey, if you need to do these things, and you're going to do these things, like it's unavoidable. Think of it like, you you are not going to avoid eating food right nobody was nobody nobody's going to avoid eating food so what did your dentist teach you to do to counteract the negative things that you do for food to your teeth they taught you to do teeth hygiene which is like you have a toothbrush and you brush your teeth once twice a day and so it's it's the counter you know so we need the counter to counter the negative things that we may be doing, and sometimes we don't even know we're doing it, and so yeah. we have we have to give people the tools, the toothbrush to counteract some of those things. Whether it is the shots or the prescriptions or or the you know fillings in your mouth or the the, the chemicals in the foods, and those things can be in the form of you know cleanses. Anything as simple as a juice cleanse to um, a, a more specific type of like I don't know. We can. Digestive cleanse or colon cleanse to getting even more specific like a cellular detox You kind of think of it like this you take your car to the car wash You got your basic you got your premium and you got your diamond package You're either gonna wash the outside or you're gonna get into the nook and crannies and you can do us, you know In terms of a detoxification type of cleanse you can get into every nook and cranny depending upon You know things like finances time and money
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely Um, no, that makes a lot of sense. I think there's definitely a time and a place for that stuff, depending on obviously the the individual and what they've got going on. And, um, tell us, you had mentioned to me earlier about a metabolism health quiz. What's that all about? And where can people find that?
2: Yeah. You know, so I really want to start steering the conversation or help, you know, health practitioners, the experts, you know, so we have a show a virtual health experts show and we want you to be on there. Of course, buddy. Um, Awesome. And you can locate that at nextlevelhealth.com. Again, that's nextlevelhealth.com. But to begin discussing metabolism as opposed to, again, just counting calories and chasing calories, I am a fanatic about teaching people how to eat healthy. And I don't want to get the message wrong about food doesn't make you fat. We should be making the right choices and teaching our kids to love and enjoy eating real food again. But if you want to start learning a little bit more about your metabolism and your metabolism health, you could start uh, by taking a quiz. So we have a metabolism health quiz, a digestive quiz, or uh, a gut type quiz as well. But I would say start with the metabolism health quiz, and you can and you can get that at. Um,
0: I'll have the link for that right in the show notes so you guys don't have to remember it. I don't want you guys trying to type things in right now while you're driving or or what have you. So just cruise right down to the show notes. I'll have all the links we talked about in terms of uh, Dr. Blonick's website, the metabolism health quiz. It's going to be right below that he just talked about. Um, And you've got a, a book coming up.
2: Yeah, it's, it's uh, 90, well, I'd say probably 98% done. We're, nice. we're really getting, we want to have other people contribute. So I don't, I don't want this to be about me. And I really am looking to get some of the experts and, and people that have kind of been through it. You know, they've, they've struggled, they've, they've, you know, gone through the battles, they've had the health conditions. And then now they've come out on the other side to be able to contribute recipes and their stories. So we're kind of in that phase where we're looking for the contributions of the real food recipes. But the book is called Simply Eat Real Foods, um, and we're we're in you know we're in the editing portion of it. We're still looking for the contributions um, in terms of the recipes and stories and testimonies. So if you feel like you got something that might be uh, you know you'd be able to contribute, you'll be able to um, reach us at our website. Um, at NextLevelHealth.com. Awesome, yeah, and then, on, uh, on that, just a, if anybody wants to kind of get a glimpse of, we talked about like good fats and maybe some good foods, like what would qualify? On that website, there's actually this thing, if you don't mind me saying it, it's a, no, please, it's a Simply Eat Real Food Daily Challenge. Um, and it's really just kind of a 30-day challenge. Uh, you get your your approved shopping list of any types of foods like we would recommend you know, where should I start? What should I buy? That's just a free download. Um, I I give that to anybody that walks in my doors. It's just a a simple way to get started, you know, especially when there's so many things to focus on. We try to just keep it simple.
0: Well, that keeping it simple is what we're all about here at the Spartan Nutrition Made Sample Show. Dr. Man, we're definitely speaking the same language and it's the language that more people need to learn. Uh, And that's what our mission is. So I'm so grateful and honored for you taking the time to come on the show um, to be able to share your message with all of our listeners. And for all of our listeners, I'm so grateful for you to taking the time to tune in and uh, listen to all of the, uh, all of our amazing guests like Dr. Blanek. Thank you very much, sir. Again, for your time, super appreciated. And we'll connect again soon.
2: Hey man, this has been such a pleasure. I appreciate you uh, giving me the invite and I I can't wait to uh, have you on soon at the uh, virtual health expert show.
0: I'm looking forward to it, buddy. We'll talk soon. All right, guys. Bye.
1: Did you love this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show? Then head on over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a positive rating and review. And more importantly, share this with other men that you know are dedicated to leveling up in every area of their life by learning how to live healthier, more energetic, and productive lives so that they can optimize their health for their family and future. Thank you for listening, and if you want to find out more about how you can work directly with Ben, then just head on over to www.bslnutrition.com forward slash level up.